Even as grown-ups, we're sometimes exposed to bullies. How, in the professional setting or even in the personal setting, are we supposed to respond? Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can find out more about me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today we're talking about a topic that I think a lot of people will find familiar in their own experience, but not something that's why we talked about. When you're in a professional setting, how do you deal with a bully? How do you deal with somebody who uses power, control, and influence to get what they want, who skips steps to get to the, something that's better for them than everybody around them? How are you supposed to move through the world when you don't feel like you have a position to sort of fight back and stand on? And how do you decide who you're going to be when somebody's working doubly hard to make you feel like you're nobody and telling you you should stay small? That's the conversation we're having from a listener question. I'm so grateful for her vulnerability and her honest share here. So I'm going to dive right into her story and her question, and we can all find her on the other side. I worked for more than 15 years on a freelance basis with someone who is considered to be a big name in our particular pot part of the creative industry. Initially, this was for free as it's extremely competitive and I was grateful for the opportunity and then mostly very poorly paid. I quickly became his main co-presenter during a time when he won multiple awards for our show, but I was never told about them or given the opportunity to share in the success. It involved working on weekends, which became very time consuming when I moved out of town. I asked multiple times for a modest increase that would have made it worth my while, but he refused so I reluctantly quit the show. He very rarely gave me any praise or passed on positive feedback, which I know from a colleague that was often sent for me, but would always be sure to pass on complaints and criticism. There have been times when I know he's lied to me, and I've always kept our working relationship at arm's length. A few years ago, he asked me to take on a separate project for a third-party client, which was a bit better paid and I enjoyed. But last year, I had to break off our working relationship entirely as he messed me and the client around, being difficult about increasing the pay to reasonable market rate and refusing to provide any contracts. Luckily, I was able to pick things up with the client myself, and it is a joy to work with them. Needless to say they were also sick of working with him. Alongside this, he has worked with many other people in the industry, either employers or freelancers, almost all of them young women, and most of them also badly paid. While there's no suggestion at all of any sexual misconduct, almost all told me terrible stories about how he has bullied and belittled them. Some of it I saw for myself, all of it corroborated by many sources. Some of them even made complaints to a higher organization, but they are swept under the carpet. A journalist was looking into his behavior but nobody was prepared to go on the record as they were scared. He has a history of making legal threats and has tried to get people sacked from other jobs. Infuriatingly, he's held up as some kind of feminist icon because of all the women he employs. There's also some odd financial stuff going on, which I've discovered by looking at his company accounts, which are publicly available. He recently took the equivalent of nearly half a million dollars out of the company, much of a gain during the time when he was refusing to pay me properly for the work. I was doing, but now he seems to be running out of funding. 
His business model is also very bizarre and opaque with a tangled web, a tangled web of third parties involved. I know I should move on and focus on running my own company, but I can't stop thinking about him, his business and his success. The way he treated me has a direct impact on how I work to the extent where my business partner has to keep telling me off for trying to pay people too much. We also spend far too much time analyzing how this guy runs his business and what lessons we can learn so that I can avoid making the same mistakes. I obsessively look at his social media feeds and website and feel upset that I don't have the kind of reach and platform that he does. I'm angry that he is still perceived as this great guy and that the journalist's story didn't stand up. I'm angry that so many of my former colleagues, many of whom I still call friends and some of who I now give work to, have been treated so badly. I used to be diplomatic about him as it's a small world and I'm in the same industry. But now when people ask me what it's like, I just have to give them both bear especially if they're considering working with him. My only consolation is that many people in the industry have now had the opportunity to experience his unique interpersonal skills, and he's generally viewed as a bit toxic. But am I going to be viewed as a gossip or jealous for warning people off? But I worked with him for more than a decade. I sucked up to the poor pay for the sake of exposure and experience, and I kept my head down and kept my nose out of it, even when I knew he was treating others on the team worse than me. As a freelance, I got a lot less of the bad stuff than his direct employees, and I put up with it for years. There's a lot going on here. Guilt, triumphalism, anger, and frustration, and probably jealousy too. I want to move out of his shadow and shine, but I also want to bring him down. Any insights? First of all, um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for being willing to talk about something that I think a lot of people probably have experience in and nobody's asked the hard question like you have here. So I just want you to know that I am going to do my gosh darn best here to give you some perspective on this and a framework for how to move on. It's going to be tough to cover the entire thing in a single podcast episode. This is kind of something that usually has to be broken down into chunks and we can, you know, in an ideal sort of conversation, we would break it down into more bite-sized pieces. You'd be able to process those things and then we'd move on to the next thing. So I'm worried in all transparency that my response is going to be really overwhelming because it's going to be a lot coming at you all at once. So what I would encourage you to do and anybody who's listening, who's going through this same thing. Listen at your own pace. You can always go back and that's the beauty of podcast episodes. You're able to go back and re-listen. You can take notes. You can outline sort of a response path for yourself um, and you can get clear because I think what happens when we get really tied to the emotions of a story and an experience, we have all of the feels coming at us all at once and it can be really hard to separate our feelings from our responses that we wish to have and our responses that we actually need to have in order to ensure a better future for ourselves. So the first thing that I, you know, is screaming at me in your email is that you need to forgive yourself for not doing something differently at the time. Because it seems as though one of the things that you're doing right now is you're looking back rather obsessively at all of the things he's done, all of the women he's hurt, all of the people he's misled, 
all of the ways that he is sort of misrepresenting himself and putting himself on a pedestal. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, if only I could have said this, or oh, I should have said that, or I could have done this, or, you know, it was such a small pool. I didn't know how this was going to reflect on me. So I didn't say anything. And you're sitting and spinning and you're looking at your, you know, self that's 10 years younger, right? Like you're going back 10 to 12 years at this point in time. So you're looking at yourself with 10 years experience, but you're using your current day intellect, your current day experience, and your current day self to look back on that person you were 10 to 12 years ago. So hindsight 2020, right? Like you have a, you know, a decade's worth more experience and insight. You now know that you're on the other side of it and it turns out okay for you in the end. You know know that you have these professional opportunities, you know you have your business of your own, you're no longer a freelancer, you're doing something for yourself. So you're looking back on where you are now and you can't quite remember that that woman didn't know that then. She didn't know that in 10 to 12 years, it was all going to be okay in the end and that she didn't really need this guy, that she could have left, she could have moved on, that there were other fish in the sea. You 10 to 12 years ago thought you were doing the best thing for your company, or not, for, not for your company, I'm sorry. You're, you thought you were doing you know, the best thing for yourself and for your, um, your career, for um, your future. You thought that maybe you told yourself a story, you were just paying your dues at the time. And then the other thing that happens is, again, remember 10 to 12 years ago, you were looking around and you're like, wow, I'm not even the worst one here. Like he's doing this to other people and they're taking it and they're staying. So you didn't have anybody who's standing up and saying enough. You didn't have anybody who was standing up and modeling like this is not okay. This is not what you deserve. You should be saying something. Nobody was modeling for you how to do it. Nobody was giving you the words for how to do it. And there was no indication whatsoever that this, that this guy like wasn't just Teflon, that it wasn't just going to slide off him and stick to you instead. So yes, it is so easy to look back with 12 years more experience and the age of the Me Too movement and people believing women and all of that to say, oh, I could have done something differently then. So the first thing that you are going to have to do is accept that when you were working for him, you didn't have these 12 years experience and your pocket to accept that you didn't know it was going to turn out okay for you in the end and to recognize that yes there's schmucks in the world that make a crap ton of money and they're jerks like yes you have to accept that the piece that comes next is forgiving yourself for not doing something differently for not responding for not asking the right questions for not asking for help and accept that that part is over Because the only way you get to move forward is to decide as the woman you are now with 12 years more experience, a business of her own and professional growth opportunities of her own and a future of her own, who do you want to be and how do you want to move through the world now? And you might decide you just don't want to be giving him oxygen. You might decide that like you just need to get him the hell off your social media and that you need to stop going to his website and you need to stay in your own lane and just focus on yourself. And that initially, you know, we tell ourselves a story that the devil we know is better than the devil we don't. I think we tell ourselves all kinds of stories to say, oh, I'm 
just looking because if I look, I'll never forget again. Or, you know, I'll make sure some other woman doesn't go through this. And you may decide for yourself that the best thing you're going to do is keep your head down unless you're specifically asked about him. But if you can, in a neutral space and time, as you're listening to this episode, as you and I are having this conversation together, you can decide who you want to be and how you want to move through the world without any actual triggers of him in front of you. Because then if you can get centered when you know, you're having a perfectly fine day and you're not actively being triggered and you can say, I don't want to be somebody who responds to him like this. I don't want to be somebody who engages in his post. I don't want to be somebody who talks trash. I don't want to be spending my working day talking about what he's doing and not doing. If you decide that at a neutral time when you're not actively triggered by him or thinking about him, you then can cue your body to say, oh, right, I already decided here. Oh, yes, I already figured this part out. I know that going forward, I'm not looking at a social media. That's already been decided. I'm not talking to my coworker. That's already been decided. Or we're only allowed to talk about him for 15 minutes a week, and those 15 minutes are up. You get to decide who you are now in this situation and stop looking at it as the person you used to be. You can decide that you are going to start a conversation in your industry about how do you stand up for yourself? How do you ask for equal pay? What do you do when you ask and you don't get it? How to respond to bullies in the field? And you don't ever have to list him by name, but you can start these conversations and be the person you wanted to be or the, be the person you needed at the time when you, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. All of these are just options here. None of them are my recommendation. What I am recommending specifically is for you to decide, given who you are today, how do you want to move through the world? Because you may decide the woman you are now is absolutely going to speak up. You might decide that the woman you are now has better things to do than to speak up. You might decide that he's not worth your energy, but you are going to be looking out and reaching out to other young, impressionable women and seeing if you can help them find a different path and help them change their stories. Because the only reason why this guy has as much power and influence is because people have allowed themselves to be intimidated by it. You know, people have told themselves a story that I just have to suck this up. And if I just suck this up, all of these awesome things are going to happen. You know, think about the number of women for years and years and years who complained about the Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. Like that happened because actresses really believe that if they didn't bend to him, if they didn't indulge him, they would lose movie deals and they would lose opportunities for themselves. And it was evidenced by other women who had gone up against them. It wasn't something that they had concocted in their heads. He had enormous power in the industry. He had the ears of a lot of other people and he had the potential to break women if he didn't like the way they played or interacted with him or responded to him. So there is a real conversation that needs to happen. And you might just decide to have it with yourself. You might just decide to have it with close friends, or you might decide to open it up for a larger conversation. So more people can consider what they put up with and what they're choosing to tolerate. All of that is an individual decision based on where you are in your life, where you are in your business, your personal and professional goals, and whether or not you have the gas left in the tank. 
Some of what you're talking about here, though, some of the obsessiveness and the thinking about it and the talking about that, one of the things that I want to like sort of just validate for you is that that is a normal post-traumatic response. And just because you didn't, quote, get it as bad as the other women, and just because like you made it crystal clear this didn't involve sexual misconduct, it doesn't mean it wasn't that bad. And if you were blowing off the, you know, the the sort of disregard and the disrespect and the, you know, sort of misogynistic behavior as not that bad, then part of what you're doing for yourself is you're invalidating your own traumatic experience. And when we have the tendency to do that, to say it wasn't that bad, other people got it worse, we never actually release it. So completely unrelated, you know, one of the things that I've often, you know, sort of held on in my own story is that my mom died when I was really young. And, you know, for a while I milked it and I got a ton of attention for it and I manipulated people around it and I played a victim to it and I defined my identity by it. So then at some point I was overwrought with guilt and shame for having done that. So then going forward, anytime I miss my mom or anytime I felt bad that I didn't have a mother on Mother's Day or, you know, something like that, I would say, well, it's not that bad. Some people never get to have a mom. I got to have a mom for six years. It's not that bad. My mom was really sick. It's not like I would want her living in pain. And I would immediately, because I didn't think I got to own the experience because I had been, you know, a jerk about it in my early childhood, I then, I denied myself the, the opportunity to grieve and to explore what it's like to grow up without a mother. It was as if this happened to me when I was six, I shouldn't deal with it. So if what you're doing is saying, this is 10 years ago, this is 12 years ago, why is this still bothering me? I let this go. I have a career. I have this. Then part of what you're struggling with is you you haven't yet acknowledged that you're having a traumatic response and that it is normal when you have been disregarded, when you have been ignored, when you have been made to feel small, to feel like you have to have your comeuppance, that you have to show up, that you have to fix things because you haven't yet validated that this happened. It sucks. It's not fair. And for some women, it's still happening. There are a lot of options. There's ways of going back to that reporter or another reporter. There's ways of talking to other women who have acknowledged his maltreatment and say, hey, do we want to do something together? There's ways that you can just say, you know what? I'm not looking at him. I'm putting my eyes in my own lane and I'm going to focus on, you know, 5Xing my business. There are so many different avenues where you can get control. Because that's what you're struggling with here. The sense of a lack of control. The feeling that your future wasn't in your control when you were working with him. You're watching other women's futures be controlled by him. That like you don't have a sense of what's coming next. So you're in this desperate hook to get control, to be able to chart the path and to do the thing. So what you can do is now that you're here, now that you've gone through this, what does healthy control look and feel like for you?
What does taking control of your time look like and your business and the messaging around this? Now that you're older and wiser and have this experience, what does control look like? Because if you're validating it, recognizing that you didn't get control, now you can own it and get some of that control back. There are a lot of different ways to skin this particular nasty cat. What I would encourage you to do is to kind of slow down, validate your own emotional experience without minimizing it, without blowing it off, without telling yourself that it happened a decade ago or other people had it worse. And then I would spend some time figuring out who are you today as a business owner? How do you move through the world? And as the woman you are today, how do you choose to respond to this? Then you're not reacting in this decision-making process to stimuli. You're really clear and said, oh, I knew this might happen. Remember, I already decided A, B, and C. I knew that this might go down, so I already decided D, E, and F. And then it becomes your automatic response rather than something that's reactive. And that's how you get yourself back in control. That's how you get yourself charting the path that you want to do because you're at a neutral point getting really clear on what your options are. Anything from blowing this the heck up and publicizing his behavior to, you know, just staying focused staying in your own lane and, you know, moving forward. There are so many options in the middle for connecting with other women versus not connecting with other women, sharing your story, not sharing your story. There are a ton of different ways of going about this. There's no black and white answer, but I do think if you kind of go through the process I've outlined for you today, you will find the right answer for you. I'm so grateful that you trusted me with this question. I think it's a really important one. Um, I think the listeners have really benefited from your bravery and vulnerability. And anybody who's struggling with something like this, another hard question. This is a show and this is a safe place for those hard conversations and for those hard questions. I'm thanking today's listener for, you know, putting her hat in the ring and asking a question. And I'm inviting all of you to do the same. Thank you so much for for today. If you have a question for an upcoming show, you can find me at heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thanks so much. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.